One, two, three. Hallelujah! <laughs> Amen, yeah. Well, look at that. She got some jumps with that and everything. Now I know why we're so loud on Wednesdays. I figured it out. We got the little, we got the young anointed over there adding in. That's what does it. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, I'm glad to see you guys out here. And, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunities God keeps giving us. And so... Um, Let's go ahead and pray before we get into this. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for blessing us. Blessing us to be here tonight. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. Praise God. All right, look at your name and say, I am growing rapidly. And so is this church. Oh, y'all believe it? Okay, all right, I'm just, I'm just getting it out there, amen. Praise God. So it's uh, Faith Academy, so that's what we call Wednesday nights, and we're always uh, preaching on faith. And so uh, we're just thankful that we can do that because without faith, Hebrews eleven six, y'all know that? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many of y'all want to please God with your life? Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we think, well, I'm going to please him because I'm obedient. Well, but you can't just be obedient and not have faith. And so having faith is actually a part of your your obedience. Amen. You know, when people start to doubt, uh, that's not, you know... Uh, I think it's Roman says anything that is not of faith is sin. And so that's going to definitely take me off of my obedience track. Right. If I get into areas where I'm not having faith in God. And so uh, faith is just that total reliance upon God where we as a people, we depend on him. We're like, hey, man, I'm out here. I'm out here swimming and I don't swim that good. But God's got me. But come on, that to me, y'all in here, I'm, I'm going to get into this word in a minute, but that to me is better than being out here swimming. Man, you swim like a pro. Yep, I sure, I've, I've had years of training. I've been doing this, you know, I'd rather be out there just like, I'm not doing it that good, but I'm, God's got me. And then who got you? Oh, well, I went to the swimming academy for the Olympics. Well, I don't think you're going to be helped if a hurricane comes over here or something like that. And so I would rather be a person that is fully engaged in my commitment to God, to where I don't want to be relying upon my own ability. Amen. Let, let me let me help you. As you grow in the Lord, you will learn more scripture. You will even develop discipline in your life. You'll do all this stuff, but don't ever get into that place where you grow up. And now you become an adult with God. No, you need to always be like a little child crying, Abba, Father. I'm going to need you to help me because if you don't help me, you know we, I'm not going to make it. Amen? Amen? And, you know, that's the way I live my life. Amen? I've been saved for a long time. I know a lot of scripture, got a lot of revelation on all that type of stuff. But really when the dust settles, I'm just a kid crying out, Abba, Father. That's all I am. Amen? And so just stay in that place. And so uh, I'm going to preach this message tonight entitled Words and Deeds. Words and Deeds. And so what we do at this church is we train. And so we train you to dominate in the earth. Amen? Come on. 
we don't just uh, open up the service and open up the church and even have a building. We don't do all this stuff just to give you some entertainment. We have committed to training the body of believers. And so basically that's all our church is, is just a training center. Amen. And so we give you the stuff that's going to help you prevail against the enemy every single day because your enemy is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So when he comes looking at you, you want him to know quickly, oh, that's, uh, I'm sorry, let me go find somebody else because he's not going to be able to devour you. Amen. And so words and deeds. So go to Colossians, Colossians 3.17. Important instructions coming from the Lord to the body of believers. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And so whatsoever you do. So anything you do. So when I learned the scripture, I came to the understanding that if I can't do it in Jesus name, then I don't need to do it. Y'all in here with me. If I can't listen, if you get mad at somebody and you want to say something, if you can't put in Jesus name after you just said it, then you wasn't supposed to say that. So you got to be able to do it in Jesus name. Amen. And let's look at this in the NLT. In the NLT, uh, and I have to I have to teach on this because this is still after all these years is still one of the strongholds of the enemy. This is uh, almost like a, a back door. You know, people have a, a, a security system. They got everything set up just so they got the windows, everything together, uh, you know, cameras outside and all that type of stuff. But their mouth is a back door that's wide open. And so, and that's what the enemy will do is he'll come in through the door that you open up. And so as a part of our training, we have to be mindful of these things. And he says, and whatever you do or say, y'all in here with me? Amen. So let, let's, let's say that out loud. Say whatever, whatever. you do or, say. do or say. Okay. So we're talking about words and deeds. Sometimes people get the deeds together. But they don't get the words together. You're not going to get a pass. Now, you may say, oh, man, listen, I know how loving of a God I serve. And my God is so gracious and he knows me. He's going to forgive me. You know what? He will if you ask him to forgive you. But I'm not even talking about what your God's going to do. Oh, come on. See, the church is spending too much time trying to guarantee their forgiveness. That's okay. You can be forgiven and still getting beat up. How many of y'all want to just say, listen, I don't want to get beat up. Listen, I don't want to get robbed and jacked and have the devil stealing all my stuff. Huh? Oh, but, well, pastor, but, you know, uh, God's grace is, is bountiful. Sure is. But the enemy is as a roaring lion. Come on, somebody. Amen. Seeking whom he may devour. Let me just give you a bonus scripture. Go to 1 Peter 5, whatever that is, 5, 6, maybe 7, 8, somewhere in there, 1 Peter. But we want to get this King James because I've found that a lot of Christians, 
they play with stuff because they know they're going to be forgiven. And so they repent and I'm, I'm not going to be one that's arguing against God. He will forgive you if you repent with a pure heart. God is man. He will forgive you. But that don't mean the devil ain't coming. And, and so I'm not going to just be worried about, oh, man, is God going to forgive me? No, no, no. I'm not letting the devil come up in here and jack my stuff. That, that's you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to live right and speak right and do right and all that just because I want to make sure I go to heaven. I know God's going to forgive me if I repent. But that don't mean the enemy is forced to stop. And so what you got a lot of Christians doing, coming, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. And the devil's like, thank you for letting me in. Amen. Now that I'm in here, I'm tearing up your kids. And so guess what? You got a lot of disobedient uh, Christians who uh-huh. get forgiveness, but your kids still get tormented. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach up in here. But your money still gets uh, jacked. Come on, somebody. You don't want me to start preaching this. Come on. But your body still starts to fail on you. Come on, somebody. Oh, you got forgiven. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know I'm going to heaven. Oh, well, you, you probably going to get there before me. <laughs> With that attitude. Amen. 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 But when you understand like, oh, no, no, this is war, man. This is war. And the enemy is looking for anything he can get. Anything he can use against me and I'm not giving him nothing. And that's why I teach the way I teach. Amen. Amen. Because this is how you win. You got to win every day that you're here. If there's a day that you lose, that's a day you don't get back. And guess what? The day you lose, that's a day you didn't help nobody else win. And so you can't have no L's on no days. Because when you win, you help somebody else win. Even if you didn't talk to them, they're going to see you win. Because winning is seen from miles around. So is losing. Amen. So this Bible says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. In that scripture, do you see anything that says you better repent or God's going to get you? Does it say anything about that? No, does it say be sober, be vigilant because, you know, God He don't like sin. Does it say anything about that? No, it says the devil. So everybody's worried about, uh, don't judge me, brother. God forgives me, so I'm not. uh, Ain't nobody worried about that. I'm trying to help you get that demon off your back. You don't even know he's there. He's been weighing you down. That's why your knees is wobbling right now. That's why you're struggling. I'm telling you. There's more Christians struggling, going through mess that they should not be going through. They should not be going through that. They are going through stuff that there's enough Bible to prevent them from having to deal with that. And they sitting up here talking about, well, you know, uh, it it happens to, you know, it could happen to anybody. See, as long as you keep confessing that, that anybody's going to be you. But I'm not, I'm not, I didn't sign up for that. And so I plan on winning every day till I get to heaven. Amen. That's my plan. Amen. Pastor, you know, that's kind of unrealistic 
we all have bad days. Well, that's why you keep having bad days. Amen. How many know you can have a good day every day? And the Bible don't tell you that, oh, be ready for the bad day. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Amen. Come on. He says stuff like this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. What day is that? Sunday or what? Wednesday? No, that's every day. Amen. And so be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil. Why does it say be sober? Well, you know what? When people, let's say in terms of intoxication, uh, their senses are down. Their judgment is down. Amen. And so somebody wants to argue, oh, man, you know what? It doesn't say I can't drink wine. I can't do that. Whatever, man. Ain't nobody arguing that. But I'm telling you right now, if me and you are boxing and you are tipsy, I am going to wear you out. You have zero chance against me because your reflexes are delayed. And that delay is going to cost you your chin. (laughs) So imagine the devil. And see, Christians, I'm like, you know, it's okay, man. I can go to the winery. And the devil's like, yep, uh I'm just going right there and going out there. And you're not sharp. You're not on point. And so things happen and you don't even see it, right? It's like, like somebody that's in tune with God and walking in the spirit. They catch it quickly. But you didn't catch it. And so stuff is working against you that doesn't work against someone else. So for me, this is all life and death. So I'm picking life. So I'm not giving the devil no chance. So when he comes back tomorrow, guess what? I plan on being better. I plan on being faster. I plan on being sharper. Say, oh man, he came at me and yeah, we had a nice little tussle. And I whooped on him and sent him packing. And then he comes back tomorrow. Surely he's tired. Nope. (laughs) Guess what? I just got some more scripture I'm going to put on you now. Amen. Amen. This is how this works. So I'm saying it again. Be sober. Be so look at your look at your name. Say, I'm not really worried about God. See, God ain't after you. God ain't trying. God ain't trying to. Y'all think God's trying to, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jack them and I'm going to steal all their money and, and steal their health and steal all that because I really need to teach them a lesson. First of all, what's God going to do with your money? I mean, all the silver, all the gold, the cattle of a thousand hills is all his. So why he needed, oh, you know, God had to take that from me because he needed to teach me a lesson. Really? No. The devil, see? That's why God allowed me to get into that thing, that accident. I was spinning out on the freeway. God allowed that because he's trying to teach me a lesson. No, the devil's trying to kill you. And you gave him an opportunity to get close enough because you are listening to God. And the Holy Spirit already told you to get off your cell phone. Uh, This is how this works, man. This is how this works. So. We got to be ready because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Next verse. And we're going to resist him. Verse nine. We resist him in the faith. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And so basically what this is saying is other people going through what you go through. But what do you do? You resist in the faith. Well, you can't resist in the faith if you don't know the word. 
That's why you get the word so you can stand against the wiles of the enemy. And so back to Colossians 3.17 in the NLT. So he says, whatever you do in word or deed or whatever you do or say, do it as a representative. So now this is coming back to my character. This is like, hmm, you guys uh, ever, you know, maybe been a part of a family or maybe it's your own family where, you know, I used to tell my son, I'm like, hey, hey, man, you got my name. Remember that you going out there. You you got my last name. So you you're going to have to represent because because we roll a certain way with this name. Oh, come on. Uh, And so, see, these are important things for us to understand. Whatever we do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Do you do you understand that? Like when you walk in the store, you are representing Jesus. Wow. When you go into a restaurant and sit down, you are representing Jesus. Anywhere you go, you are representing Jesus. And so it's very important that whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God, the father. And so I am a representative. Let's go to second Corinthians 520 King James. So we know this, that we are ambassadors. And so now that we've given our lives to Jesus, we're just not Christians. I, oh, I think some people just, I don't know, man. And maybe they haven't read these scriptures that we read all the time. I, you know what I'm saying? I, maybe they haven't read the same stuff that we read. It's the same Bible. But it says, now then, so since I've given my life to Christ, I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. Come on. That's what I was. And that's why I got saved. But now I'm an ambassador. And so what does that mean? Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's Said, be reconciled to God. And so we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador, once again, that's a a representative. And so we can look at this and have confidence and know that we are sent and backed. And when you get this, you're going to act a different way. Hold on. I am sent and backed by the kingdom of God. I'm up in this job. To represent the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. I'm in this neighborhood to represent the kingdom of God. And so you start to understand you are sent and backed by the kingdom of God. And when you understand that, y'all okay with being an ambassador? You okay with that? Are you okay with saying, now, I'm not saying God would make you do this. But if he did, you shouldn't hesitate. If God said, I want you to wear this t-shirt and just say, I act just like Jesus. Ooh, I'm talking about you going you gonna to wear that T-shirt to work. I act just like Jesus. You know what people are going to do? They're going to be looking at you. And be like, They're waiting, man, because that's, that's a lot of pressure, huh? But if, I'm not saying that, you know, you need to go out and get that T-shirt, but I'm just giving you an example. You don't don't have a lot of Christians doing stuff like that. You have a lot of Christians talking about, you know, they want to get these shirts. I'm blessed. Oh, the joy of the Lord. Um, God is love. God is peace. But I don't see them saying, I act just like Jesus. Amen. Wow. 
Now, if you wore a T-shirt talking about I act like Jesus, how you think you going to act that day? Amen. Ooh, you probably going to have some get right on you. Hallelujah. You're going to be like, oh, no. The, the things that you might have thought about saying, you say, oh, I seen that T-shirt. Mm-mm. But this is how it's got to be. Because we're ambassadors, we represent him no matter where we go. And if we understand that now, if I can understand that I'm sent and backed by the kingdom of God. Listen, you're not going to step into this if you're still apologizing for, you know, first of all, you're apologizing for doing wrong. But then, you know, you can't even take credit when God's doing good things in your life. You know what I'm saying? People just they they're they're so uh, it's called a, a false humility. False humility. And so that's like somebody saying, man, you know, you look nice. So you did a great job at this. And you say, oh, no, it ain't nothing. See, that's false humility. As an ambassador, you just say, oh, thank you. I did do pretty good at that. I know because I am anointed. Oh, see, and then the world, the world say, oh, you see, you can see that. No, no, no. I'm an ambassador. Ambassadors don't apologize. They are representing the kingdom. And so if I understand that I'm sent and backed, so that means God sent me and he got my back. And so as an ambassador, then guess what? I have access to the army. Come on. I got access to the army. I'm not having a deal. That's why the Bible says the battle was not yours, but it's the Lord's, right? And so you got to be in position. And so I understand that as an ambassador, uh, I have access to the army and also we have access to the resources. Oh, come on. Think about an ambassador. If the ambassador is in a poor country, is the ambassador poor? Because their country's not poor. And so that's why if you have a U.S. embassy planted in any country, they could live a certain way outside those walls. They could be outside of those walls and be danger in danger of being sniped. But all they got to do is get back. Come on, somebody. Get back to the embassy. And once they go up in there, it's a different world. Amen. And so if I'm an ambassador for Christ, I got um, I'm sent by God and backed by God. I'm talking about no matter where I go. Y'all in here with me. No matter where I go, I am backed by God. And so I got access to heaven's resources. So I don't have to worry about lack. I don't have to worry about anything because I have access. So I got access to the army. Let's look at that. Hebrews 1.14. Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation. That's us. We are the heirs of salvation. They're talking about angels right here. Angels are sent forth to care for you. Watch out for you. Y'all in here with me. Okay, let's look at this uh, in the NLT. Therefore, angels are only servants. You You ever known that? You know, there's people that there's people that worship angels. Y'all in here with me. There's people that say, you know what? My grandmama died and now she's my guardian angel. I mean, no, that you're, you already had an angel before she died. 
So she can't fire somebody. She can't just go up and tell me, I'm taking over the guardian of him because I'm in here now. And No, she can't do that. People do not become angels. Oh, come on. That's common, right, for us to make T-shirts and heaven just gained another angel. Because your loved one died and now heaven just gained another angel. No, your loved one, if they were saved, they're worshiping God. They're enjoying God. They're experiencing the best thing that they've ever thought of. They're not serving like angels. Angels are going to and fro, man. Angels, they don't even stop. They just keep working. They're created to work and never need rest. They're created to work and never need sleep. And they're created to serve you no matter where you go. Well, you have to understand there's a difference between people and angels. The Bible does not say he made angels in his own image. He made us in his image. Now, angels have their own assignment. Therefore, angels are only servants. Spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. That's Christians. People who will get saved. We got angels. And so, look at your name and say, I got access to the army. You know, angels can take care of some business. Oh, amen. I don't know if you know that. Like, like in Kings, they, they got that uh, 185,000 or something. One angel took them out. I'm talking about you. Talking about, you got, it says ministry spirit, so there's more than one. So if I got access to an army, what am I worried about? Amen. I'm walking in a bad neighborhood. Well, hmm, how bad is it? Y'all in here with me. You're talking about one angel. And that's why in the Bible when an angel shows up, first thing that they say is fear not. Because there's such a force coming. They're bringing such a force and a power that people can't handle it. They, ah. But you got angels, plural, Amen. assigned to care for you, to watch out for you. And you have access. So you have access to the army. And so you don't have to worry about going into a battle or a situation by yourself. Then you start to mature. You start to understand that you're an ambassador. Angels are waiting for instructions in order. Now, if you're not in order yourself, you can't give no orders. But if you're in position, now you will be able to dispatch angels. And you'll be able to tell angels to go out and get stuff. And, you know, they'll do it. Come on. They can go out and influence people, amen, on your behalf. You can be ready to go into a meeting. Why don't you send some angels up in there? I'm going to dispatch angels. I dispatch you to go up in that meeting and get on all these people and let them know I'm the one. Amen. Ah, <laughs> yeah. see, that's what the, the problem with church is people trying to be regular. You're not regular. You're not created to be regular. You're never going to feel good being regular. You are a peculiar people. You are called to be different. You're called to walk different. You're called to talk different. You're not to fit in with this world. You're here to dominate it. But you can't do that. You just want to be. I just want to be a regular person. So sorry. 
if this was multiple choice, that was not one of the choices. Amen. Amen. And so if I have access, I got access to the army and now I got access to the resources. And so if I got access to the resources, what am I worried about lack for? Because Philippians 419, let's look at this and amplify, amplify classic. He says, uh, and my God will liberally supply, fill to the full. What does that mean? There's no lack. That thing is full, even to the point of overflow. Fill to the full your every need according to what? Where is he getting it from? He said, I would, you know what? God, God said, I, I would provide for you, but you know, <laughs> this economy is tough. You know, I, I would uh, bless you with a house, but you know, the interest rates right now, I'm just saying, I don't know if that's, that's a little bit out of what, what is out of God's price range? Huh? What's God, what's out of his price range? Well, I, you know, Lord, I know you would have gave me a house, but you know, not in these times. What does God know about a bad economy? Amen. There is no shortage in heaven. And so what does that mean? It's like having money replenished every time you spend it. Amen. And you spend something and it's back. And you spend something and it's back. And you're like, well, hold on. Let me see if I can catch up to this. I just spent a hundred and got a hundred. Oh, come on. I'm gonna try something. I'm gonna spend two hundred. <laughs> But just imagine that where it's never a run out. And this is what God was saying uh, through this context of scripture here. And, and, and basically, Paul was saying the same God that's taking care of me is going to take care of you. Amen. But there was a reason behind it. He was talking to them because they saw about Paul. They cared about him and they uh, even sent to help him. So they already positioned themselves. So Paul was able to say back, hey, man, the same God is taking care of me. It's going to take care of you. But the way he does this, so you start to understand the, the uh, benefits of obedience, is he's not giving it to you from the world's supply. This is how people can prosper in hard times. Because their government is not in distress. There's no shortage. And so that means even if nobody's getting hired, we could still get jobs. Oh, come on. That means if nobody has any food, we could still be fed. Amen. See, because we are ambassadors and we are representing our kingdom. And so we have to understand, however my kingdom is living, that's how I'm going to live. Amen. And so that doesn't matter. See, I, I don't I don't have to worry about it. And then. God is always going to liberally supply. How can he do that? So you cannot be a liberal giver if you don't have an abundance of money. Amen. Because there will be limits, come on somebody, Hallelujah. to your giving. So you might not be able to say, you know what, I'm going to buy this person a car. You know, I'm just going to pay uh, 20000 and get them this vehicle. You cannot do that if you don't have an abundance. Amen. Amen. And, and don't be falling for this spiritual weirdness where you say, 
I just feel like the Lord is leading me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy this car for them on credit. And you're going to make the payments? Well, if it was God, why didn't he just give you the money? You see what I'm saying? He's not telling you to feel all spiritual because you did something for somebody, but now it's a burden to you. That's out of order. Amen. And so the way God does it is he will supply. And so he can supply and he can do it liberally because his where he's given it from is is endless. It's abundance. And so he's going to fill to the full your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So now because you're connected to Christ Jesus, you have been connected to heaven's abundant supply. And so that's why he can say in Psalm 3410, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. That's how he can say in uh, uh, Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see what I'm saying? That's how we can get an understanding. Now, uh, Psalm 3725, I've been young, now I'm old, yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You cannot lack. That's illegal. Oh, come on. This is what? This is there. No, lack is illegal. Amen. According to the rules of your government. Ooh. Praise God. Y'all hear that? So it would be illegal, according to the laws of my government, for me to lack. Wow. And the enemy knows that. But what the enemy wants to do is get you to put yourself in a position to lack. And so the only way you can do that is you have to be disconnected from the flow. And that's what happens. We disobey God. The enemy comes in and now your line is cut. Amen. Amen. So we stay connected through our obedience. And then we receive revelation and say, oh, I'm obeying God, so there's no way. It's impossible for me to go without. Amen? Amen. What if y'all start believing this stuff? You start saying stuff like, I, I, I'll never be broken another day of my life, ever. I, I, I'll, never, I'll never be down to my last. You know, you got to watch out for some songs. I'm, we was playing, my wife was playing some song, and we were liking it. We said, this is a good old school or something. It was like... Uh, I don't know, it was singing like, God's got it, God's got it, or whatever like that. And it was all cool, like, yeah. But then I caught one line. I said, hey, hold on. There's some faithlessness that slid up in here. And one line, he said, when your money spent can't pay the rent. I said, oh, that's out. (laughs) Wait, what? When your money spent can't pay the rent, God's got it. No, God's got it. That's why I ain't never going to have my money spent can't pay the rent. That I'm not. Repre- repre- what? I'm not preparing for that. But just, you know, we weren't paying attention. Just singing. Like, okay, this is good. Got a good little beat. This I like this. Da, da, da. And then I, the Holy Spirit, boy, must have put a microphone in my eardrum on that. Said, what? Did you just sing that? No, I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry. God. That's faithlessness. Because you should be in a place where, oh, I'll never be. I'm never coming up short on nothing. Amen. Matter of fact, from now on, I'm living in overflow. Amen. Come on. Amen. Increase in abundance is on my life. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about I have more than enough. 
I have plenty and more keeps coming in. Come on. You got to be able to stand on that, though. See, I, I quote stuff like that. But that's because I know I'm in right standing with God. And I can I can quote that Proverbs three, what, nine, I think it is. But honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thy increase, all thy barns shall be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So I'll be able to say, like, I got plenty and more keeps coming in. Amen. Amen. And so uh, why? Because this is the way your kingdom works. This is who you are. And so now, um, if I understand that, that that all sounds good. That's like kingdom stuff. That's, that, I, I want to participate in that. Well, we must adhere to the rules of our enlistment. Amen. Come on. You've been enlisted into the army of the Lord. And so now you've got to adhere to the rules of your enlistment. And so when people get into the military, I didn't get in the military myself, but I'm pretty sure they got some strict rules because I knew some people that was in the military and they had some strict rules, like all kind of stuff. Like, you know, like they put you on this watch duty or something like you had to stay there all night. And you know what I'm saying? Like y'all in here with me, they had stuff like if they if they gave you some orders or papers or whatever they call them. And that means you got to move y'all. in. It wasn't like people could say I didn't want to. I don't remember having anybody that I knew that was in the military that they said, you know, they told me to do this. And I just said, no. I have family in the military, friends. You know what I mean? I think I I remember uh, somebody used to go to our church. I had to go as his pastor and and try to help him. He got himself and he did something. I don't remember what it was, but the military wasn't playing with him. And I had to go up in there, man. And I was like, what? He's like, Pastor, can you come? I need some help, man. I just, please, can you? I said, what's going on, man? So I had to get up, put my suit on and go up in there, man. And I said, dang, I didn't even do nothing. But I'm up in here kind of sweating right now. Like, what is this? I seem like this is kind of serious, man. They got me sitting over here like this. I said, what is this? Amen. But uh, but but the reason was is he must have broke some rules. I don't remember the, whatever he did, but nonetheless, they not playing. Amen. So there's not this free will that the world is saying. It's like, oh, no, you did something. And there was some correction coming down. Praise God. Amen. And so if if we understand, like, just because I'm saved, I can't leave it at that because if. If I left it at that, then I need to be going to heaven like tonight. I need to be out of here, you know, at least by tonight, by midnight at the latest. But because I'm still here, I got to understand what am I doing now? Well, so now I've been enlisted. And now I got to understand the rules of my enlistment. I don't just understand them. I must adhere to them. Now, let's go to Second Timothy, Second Timothy uh, two, and then uh, we'll go three. Yeah, Second Timothy, two, verse three. We'll look at the King James on this one. And so, um, so he says, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ." And so, when you get saved, now you become a soldier. And so, what he's saying is, endure. Basically, hardness means suffering. And so. How many know 
your Christian life is not without challenge. You are challenged. I've I've been telling you guys, uh, you'll be challenged, you'll be tempted, but you can get some power, you can get some tools. Come on, somebody, you can get some stuff to help you win so that you don't lose. Amen. Amen. You wouldn't be called a soldier if you never had to fight. Amen. Uh, yeah, that's just like, you know, back in the day when we wasn't saved and we out in the streets, you said, if you get the title, man, hey, dude right there is a soldier. But you best believe he'd been in the thick of it because you don't get that title if you ain't doing nothing. Amen. And so in the kingdom, we become soldiers. And so thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so um, let's look at this second Timothy. Let's look at verse four in the NLT. OK, so soldiers. OK, first of all, don't even read that. Say just look at your name. And say I'm a soldier. Are you, you you're a soldier? Uh, okay, you said okay. There we go. We we said it right. Now let's read this Second Timothy two four in the NLT. Y'all see what this says? Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. Oh, y'all in here? For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. Oh, so I'm a soldier for Jesus. Oh, but I didn't got caught up in this situation. It got me worrying. Come on, somebody. I didn't got caught up in this situation. Now my attitude is jacked up. Now, oh, that sounds like civilian affairs. But the Bible here says soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. So that means I cannot please my God when I'm over here tied up with these people at this job, I cannot please my God when I'm over here arguing with all y'all in here with me. I'm, I'm entangled and see, I'm not obeying the rules of my enlistment. You need to prioritize. And so everything that you deal with, you deal with it spiritually. Amen. Because that's the rules of your enlistment. And so you don't let somebody pull you down. Come on. Into the lower realm they pull you down and that's what the enemy does he said well shoot with them walking like that there ain't no way i can touch them but let me see if i can come on let me see if i can uh send this person over here i can send them over there i think maybe you know come on send this person over here and see if they can pull them down because if they can pull them down for me then i got a chance and here come that co-worker that get on your nerves empowered by Satan. Amen. Yeah, walking in a demonic anointing to pull, to pull you out of your power. Amen? Y'all, y'all in here? This is how it works. And so, um, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And so, we must please him now, this is a, 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 a church to build power, and so we always have practical application. But we must please him with our words and our actions. So just like this message is words and deeds. We must please him with our words and our actions. And here's how your words work. 
Our words are forerunners for our actions. Our words are forerunners for our actions. And so you really don't want to let the enemy use your words to navigate you to some destruction. Because he can't just flat out destroy you, but he'll try to entice you, trick you, manipulate you, and then now have you release your words so that your own words can make a path for your destruction. Amen? Amen. Now, if you knew that this was true, now you should know it's true, I wouldn't be here preaching it, but if we really knew that this was true, we would never say anything we didn't mean. And we would never say anything that we didn't want to happen. Amen? Amen? Right? This is true. And so we got to understand, like, as an ambassador, this is how we do it. How many of y'all know Jesus never said anything he didn't mean? Amen. Everything he said, he meant it. And he didn't let the devil say the wrong thing, tell him or convince him to say the wrong thing. And so our words are forerunners for our actions. So go to Ephesians, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. What does that mean? See, corrupt is going to be contrary to your kingdom. That is not the language of your kingdom. Amen. See, if you ever want to get, if somebody ever gets in an argument with you and they say stuff like, oh man, it's okay to, you know, cuss every now and then and all that. Well, you just say, you know what, I'm not arguing with you, but let me ask you, are they cussing in the kingdom? Oh, huh? Say, what what do you mean? No, no, the kingdom of God. Do they use that same language you're using? Do they use that in the kingdom? Hmm. Now, that's a different... Now, I have to obey the rules of my enlistment. And so I cannot do things that my government says I cannot do. Amen? And I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven. And so... Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Okay, let me just, I'm, I feel an anointing right here. So what are you saying, Pastor? So I mean, like, if I just slip up and I got mad and I slipped out a cuss word, I'm going to hell or something. Is that what you're saying to me? No. As long as you repent, you'll be forgiven. But that don't stop the prophecy you just sent forth. Amen. <laughs> Come on. That don't stop the... Listen, why do they call it cuss words? Because they bring a curse. Amen. Amen? Well, why would you want to bring a curse on yourself? Amen? Amen. And so let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Now, now you want your words building. Why? Because that's the way it works in the kingdom that you're from. The words that I say now are building. What if you realize that my words have the power to build up? And so I can build somebody up out of a low place in life just by my words. Amen. And so don't let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace Amen. unto the hearers. Isn't that different? Hallelujah. 
Isn't that better than saying, like, man, why are you going to argue with me? Would you guys rather be, like, trying to get forgiven for saying some cuss words, or would you rather your words to be used to edify someone and minister grace to a he- somebody who hears that and they're uh, lifted up out of a low place so they're helped and they're, uh, they felt like, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that much better? Amen. If I got a choice, I'd rather use my words to help someone than to be arguing with somebody about being forgiven. See, we don't have to waste all that time. Amen. We need to be trained so that way I am obeying the rules of my enlistment. And so that's why I have even more and more things. Now, your words have the power to impact someone else negatively, but more so than someone else, it's you. And so that's why we want to be very careful because we would not knowingly, most people are not just knowingly trying to sabotage their own plans. You know? It's like, remember they used to say, what happened to your homework? And they used to say, the dog ate it. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> you, you guys wouldn't just write a paper and then go try to make the dog eat it. And just say, ah, you're not going to sabotage yourself. Well, the enemy slides in there and people start using the wrong words. And they start this self-sabotage. And the things that they've worked at, now they start working against themselves with their own words. And so now you want to be very careful of this because, once again, our words are forerunners for our actions. Go to Proverbs 21, 23. Proverbs 21, 23. It says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. See that? So if you can learn this and you can say, Ah, I'm going to take this serious. Now, you will have some Christian friends Uh, They'll think you're, you know, okay, man, you're one of those. It doesn't take all of that. Let them do what they do. You do what you do. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. And let's look at this in the message translation. Watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. See that? So now this is about training. This is about discipline. You know, yes, there's going to come a time where those things just won't come up because God has has really done a change in you on the inside. And even if the devil tempts you, these other things don't come up. But there will be some times where I know this has happened for me, where the want to say a certain thing came up. But then there was the progression is, oh, you said it and now you repent for saying it. But now that that's already causing casualties. You know what I'm saying? That's already uh, some damage. But then you start to advance a little bit and then you are able to watch your words. I've taught you guys over the years, do a, a word audit on yourself. Just ask the Holy Spirit to tune you in to your own words. Because sometimes you don't even know you're speaking that. Just like he showed me, he put a microphone in my ear on that song. Now, the enemy and even the regular Christian world will say, oh, it's just a song. I mean, what he's talking about is God's got you. But you know what? But you're singing on some doom and you're singing on some stuff that's going to bring you in a place you don't want to be. Amen. And the enemy will use your words even if it's in song form. 
That's why we don't sing these old broke down songs in this church. I'm not singing of talking about uh, we bear, you know, please don't pass me by. And I'll, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So we can't sing contrary to what the Bible says and call it a song and call it a, you know, uh, whatever. Magnifying bad to, to get a good worship in. We don't have to do that. Uh, and then Job, we'll close over here. Job 6.24. But he says, oh, wait, actually go back to this one. I don't know if I, oh, I did. I already read the message, right? Already. Okay, good. Yeah, so now go to Job 6.24. And so we know Job ran into some problems, but what Job said is, teach me and I will hold my tongue. See that? Amen. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. And so it's words and deeds. I got to please God with my words and my deeds. But my words are forerunners for my deeds. And so I'm not going to let the devil get in there and use my own words against me. Amen. He's not going to use my own words against me because I'm not going to let him jack up the plans that God has in store for my life. How many of y'all believe that God has really great things in store for you? Amen. Now, yeah. Amen. Now, how many of you are willing to step up to, to this level of accountability to where you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to shoot. I'm paying attention. Amen. I, I want to be obeying the rules of my enlistment. I don't want to be playing. Now, this is not you becoming legalistic. This is you fine-tuning, right? You're, you're sharp, you know. Amen. You know uh, some of the, like, the best boxers uh, are the hardest trainers. You, you understand that? So, like, there have been, I use these sports analogies all the time, but we've probably seen some, some boxers or something like that, especially if you follow the sport the guy had the talent but didn't have the work ethic. Well, how come he's not the champion of the world? That poor work ethic only works in a street fight. You get in there, you're going to have to be trained up. And so this is what we got to do. It's not about legalism. It's about winning. Amen. It's not about trying to be all religious. and all, No, this is about winning. Amen. And so you've got to be in that place of your life to where you are committed to winning. And in order for you to win, you got to do what it takes. And so what you guys got to do after a message like this is, okay, I'm not letting none of my words go loose. I'm not letting the enemy use any of my words against me. I'm going to be speaking kingdom. I'm going to be speaking power. I'm going to be speaking victory. Oh, Lord, let me stay in position. I'm not going to slip it out. I'm not going to. You see what I'm saying? And that's what Job said. Teach me and I'll hold my tongue. Show me where I erred. So what Job was saying is, man, I know I, I spoke some stuff that I shouldn't have. And that's why this stuff is showing up. But now also as you advance, then you start speaking bigger things. So it's not just. Watching out for the bad things. Now you start speaking bold stuff. And guess what? That stuff's going to come. And so you can be walking into greater and greater victory because you have paid attention to this. So let's 
honor God. Let's make sure that we please him with our words and our actions. And if you get your words right, your actions are just going to follow your words. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap tonight. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for blessing us to be here. We thank you for giving us an opportunity to hear the truth. We know that the truth brings transformation. I'm praying right now, maybe you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as Lord. Well, we want you to know everything can change for you tonight or whenever you hear this message. You just got to open your heart and receive Jesus. Let him in. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.